What's up, gentlemen? This is an episode of the Gird Up A Gogi. You can call this a Saturday morning coffee if you want. It's actually a Sunday morning drinking coffee in my own house because it's just a beautiful day outside. It's a beautiful day for confirmation, and that's exactly what's happening today at St. Paul's. So I love all of you, my students who I know are watching. Congratulations on your confirmation. Try not to trip. <laughs> You're going to be just fine. Glad to have you as members of the church. Shout out to all the kids all over the country and all over the synod um, who are getting confirmed for the first time into the faith, being official members of their congregations. It's exciting. Glad that we have this coming of age experience for you to go through. Um, honestly, really proud of you. Really proud to call you the next generation of Christians, next generation of young men and women who are absolutely in love with their Savior. God's blessings. Our topic today, though, <laughs> is kind of censorship. Um, if you've been paying any attention to my Instagram account lately, this is put out in, this is the first, second day of May in uh, 2021. So if you've been paying attention to my Instagram account lately, I got fact-checked. Actually, it wasn't me that got fact-checked. It was um, my uh, one of my favorite podcast guys. His name is Ryan Mickler, and he put out a post where it was a picture of Frederick Douglass. I'll put it down here in the corner. It was a picture of Frederick Douglass, and it was a quote by Frederick Douglass that says, It is easier to build strong children than to fix broken men. And I put it up. I reposted it because I thought it was cool, and I got nailed with a fact check. And I was like, what? Fact check? First of all, I've seen this quoted like a bajillion times that, that this is out there as a Frederick Douglass quote. Um, and second, I don't understand why you would fact check this particular statement. I, don't, I, just, I, just, I didn't get it. So I did a little research. And it turns out Frederick Douglass never actually said those words. This exact quotation does not appear in any of Frederick Douglass's writings. It's actually a paraphrase from the 70s um, that came from a scholarly article. Um, and of course, it has been miscited ever since then as a Frederick Douglass quote. The original text from Douglas's book, My Freedom, included the line, Once thoroughly broken down, who is he that can repair the damage? And in the context of the writing, what Frederick Douglass is saying is that in his experience, and especially in regards to slavery, it's a lot easier to help children understand the moral wrongs of slavery and, and to arrive at the moral rights, basically, to understand that slavery is wrong, than it is to um, help white people who are grown adults and it's been their entire lives moralizing and justifying slavery. It's a lot harder for those people to see slavery as wrong. And he made the very important point that you got to get to them as kids convince them of the truth as children so that when they're adults, they understand that it's morally reprehensible and they're going to, I, that was his case, was if we're going to bring the United States out of this dark age of slavery after the Civil War, we have to teach children that it is morally wrong to look down on other people because of the color of their skin. I think we can all agree with that. Um, in fact, if you ask me, the whole world could learn something from this lesson. Um, and it actually is a biblical concept. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train a child in the way he should go. In the end, he will not st stray from it. Everybody understands that. Even drug companies and tobacco companies understand that. I mean, tobacco companies for years have been preying on like 17, 18, 19-year-old kids because they know if they can get kids hooked when they're young, then they will not stop smoking for their entire lives. Churches do the same thing. Schools do the same thing. Political groups do the same thing. They're super active on college campuses. That's why there's so many commercials on kids' daytime TV. They want to get them when they're young. 
why on earth would you uh, disagree with the idea of raising strong kids? Why would that be something that you want to fact check or even avoid? Why is that something you want to eliminate from our society? Because that's really what a fact check is. Strong kids seems like something that we should all be able to agree on. So of all the misinformation on the internet right now, and I understand we're obsessed with fact checking at the moment, but of all the misinformation on the internet, why is this post, granted it wasn't my original post, but why is this post being fact checked and, and not others? Why is this one the one that's being targeted? And frankly, it's because kids who are weak become docile and weak adults. Weak adults are easy to manipulate and control, and because we live in a me-first world, that's a very important thing. Literally everyone who lives on the face of the earth who is not a Christian, a Bible-believing Christian who loves Jesus the way that you and I do, literally everyone else is a me-first person living in a world where they are the center of the universe. And everything that they do after that is self-preservation. It might not look like it, it wears all kinds of different masks, but the reality is that anybody that doesn't love the biblical Jesus and follow our Savior and, and understand what the Bible really teaches about identity and purpose is ultimately self-seeking. Whether they're Christians or Jews or Muslims who are all trying to earn heaven, whether they're Buddhists who are trying to like do more bad than good, um, Taoists who are wrestling with yin-yang, trying to eliminate the bad and support the good, um, moralists who are fighting for this common good, uh, making laws, like that'd be atheists and agnostics and things who are trying to, essentially they're trying to save the planet and come up with this moral good. And that sounds like it's not selfish, but the reality is the reason they're trying to come up with this moral, uh, you know, universal utopian good and save the planet is because they're terrified for themselves and their children that they are going to die. That is inherently self-preservation and it is inherently selfish. It's a derivative of the sinful nature. It's the sinful flesh that has been corrupted that's making them behave the way that they are. And these billions and billions of desperate, self-preserving people are generally going to fit into two categories. You've either got sheep who are followers and wolves who are leaders. Uh, the sheep are people who believe themselves to be victims of society. And we see that prevalent right now. Like It's just in hordes right now. Um, and, and this might, I understand how this would immediately start to come off as a commentary on race because right now in America in this like at this moment in time there's a lot of division based on race there's all kinds of different discussion about that and I'm not just hating on minorities at all I'm actually also addressing like white folks who believe that they've been victimized by white culture and that they've somehow been twisted and distorted into this wicked thing that does evil and it's not their fault that they're doing evil it's the culture's fault the world made me this way and so I'm not actually accountable for the things that I've done um, and now I'm also a victim just like you are so I also should get restitution and reciprocity because I also now am a victim because the culture made me this way basically they're saying I'm not accountable for my own actions I'm a victim too there's also a lot of white Americans who live on this side of things where they're like any assertion that there's any injustice any inequality any thing other than utopia going on in the United States. They take it as a personal assault on themselves. They take it as a, a, a like an assault on their own morality and they fight back and they like they're, they're doing this exact same thing. They're making themselves into victims. So now you're blaming me for something I didn't do. I'm a victim and now I get to be uh, the one who defends himself and I get to do things that I know are wrong, but I don't have to be accountable because now I'm a victim of your victimhood. 
It's this weird web and mess that we're living in right now in America. That's exactly what I'm talking about here. It's actually a far more autonomous social norm than any other thing in America. Like, there is no one white culture in America. There's no autonomous white culture in America. Every group of whites in every different city and every different place is different. And if you go around the United States and, and interact with these communities, you're going to recognize that a white hillbilly from Tennessee is a whole lot different than a middle classer from uh, Los Angeles or a white farmer from Wisconsin. They are very, very, very different people with very little in common. Besides the fact that they're morally corrupt and ultimately sinful and bad, which is the truth. Anyway, there are victimized and marginalized groups, and those are those are sheep, right? And then there's a group of wolves who step into the picture and decide that they're going to feed on the sheep. But the easiest way for a wolf to feed on sheep is to convince the sheep that the wolf actually needs to be there, that the wolf actually needs to be present. And this isn't a perfect analogy, but it's a, a very accurate analogy. And those wolves are actually feeding on the sheep that they claim to protect and they victimize the sheep that they claim to protect, and they do it all in the name of protecting the sheep to begin with. And I don't want to get into a giant political discussion about who we're exactly we're talking about. The point of this podcast is that strong Christian kids are a danger to American society the way it sits. And that's a good thing. American culture right now is a mess. It's a corrosive, disgusting mess of immorality. Everybody's feeding on each other. Everybody's chasing down the desires of their flesh. The whole world is going to hell. Literally. And that's the way it always will be. And that's the way it always has been. It's not new. Since the day Cain killed Abel. Since the day Adam and Eve ate the apple. Since the day the descendants of Noah started building the Tower of Babel. This whole universe is one big, giant, long-lasting, self-preservation free-for-all. And so when our children become a danger to a morally corrupt generation, it's actually a very good thing. It actually makes us shine like a light in the darkness. And kids who believe this message, kids who have faith in this message of the gospel, are incredibly strong. If we're going to make this world a happier, healthier, and more peaceful place for our children, we need to raise strong children. Tyranny, hatred, and injustice cannot be controlled by law. Peace and order and justice can only exist in a society where men love mercy, live justly, and walk humbly. The Apostle Paul tells us to teach kids to be humble. I like to break it down simply as God first, others second, I'm third. Then Paul teaches us to tell kids to be self-controlled, to master their flesh, take ownership of their minds and emotions, to subdue the desires of the flesh so that they won't be consumed by the corruption of their sinful natures, and to put their faith in jeopardy. And Paul also tells us to teach kids to be submissive to authority. You know what? That's really good. Somebody should put that on a shirt. Now, that word submit is the one that fascinates me. It's, it's a really interesting choice of words. Um, the submission, like the idea of submission isn't an abandonment of my own sovereignty as a man. Um, it isn't like mindlessly following uh, the way that the world follows their leaders. Um, submission isn't something that anybody can force me to do. It's me making a choice to submit to somebody else. It's something that I do of my own free will. And that's an incredibly powerful picture that we get from scripture here, uh, both in a spiritual sense where I recognize that the Holy Spirit has planted faith in my heart, but I do have the ability to say no, to walk away, be like, no, 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 I'm not following you. I'm not going to do what you want me to do. 
I have that ability, and so I have to choose to submit to my Heavenly Father. Luther says, you know, wake up every morning, drown the sinful man in sorrow and contrition. Every single day I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to renew my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Say, Lord, I give you my day today. Take me, lead me, take me where you want me to go. That's submission. That's not a slave to a master. That's me choosing to follow the God that I love and adore. It's also incredibly powerful in an earthly sense where you have men who are banding together free men who by their own free choice and own decision have chosen to follow a leader. As a leader, I would far rather have men who choose to follow me than to be a slave driver who has to continually force men to follow me, to beat them into submission. That's, that's not good leadership. Good leadership is when men choose to follow you and they're going to be far more faithful. Think about David in the wilderness. His mighty men did not follow him because he forced them to, and that's what made them so powerful, was that they chose to be there, they chose to fight for Israel. But when we as sinners don't lead self-controlled lives and humble lives, we also sacrifice our ability to be willfully submissive and become slaves, because I lose my own free will. If I have no control over my flesh, it consumes me, and I become a slave to my sinful flesh. Um, and if I, over, if I become overcome with pride, then it also will consume me. It's going to be my master. It's the root of that me for society that we live in. It's actually incredible weakness, not strength. This lack of self-control and obsession with pride is the source of all the injustice and tyranny and wickedness and hatred of the world that we live in right now. That is also what sets you and I apart. The world is living in their darkness and sin. They are slaves to their flesh. They are prisoners of their pride. Teach your children to be self-controlled, submissive to authority, and humble so that they can think for themselves. It's those who can think for themselves who are truly and genuinely powerful and strong, and you can't have independent thought if you are a slave to your flesh or a prisoner of pride. So start your children young. They will be truly and genuinely powerful and strong if they can be self-controlled, submissive to authority, and humble. Man, this whole Paul thing is really good. Maybe you could put it on a sticker too. Train up your children in the way that they should go, and in the end, they will not stray from it. That's scripture for a reason. It actually reminds me of a quote that I heard. Frederick Douglass once said, Once thoroughly broken down, who is he that can repair the damage? Or in other words, it is a lot easier to build strong children than it is to repair broken men. I love you guys. It's incredibly important that our children are strong, and it's countercultural to build strong kids. Stay in the fight. Do what you know is right and good. Serve your father with your whole heart. And go be the man that God created you to be. Talk to you next time.